podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And I'm joined by my lovely co-host, one last time this year, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not much. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to our, uh, what should be a, a tradition from here on out, which is yes. our, our, our total DGAF episode. Yeah, I, I love the idea. It, it needs to happen because week 17 is, is a terrible, terrible thing in fantasy football. I wrote about this in my start sit today that... Uh, playing fantasy football in week 17 is like going to the movie theater and watching the movie with a blindfold on. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just not enjoyable. Like, why are you forcing this terrible experience upon yourself? That's, uh, that's one of the most JJ things I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> most definitely. And we're, we're, we're so committed to this DGAP episode that we're recording it on Christmas Eve morning. Christmas Eve morning. And I, and, and you know, so, so we, we love you listeners. We love yeah. you very much. Yeah, so the, the the real fantasy football season is over, um, thankfully, because it was getting very stressful down the stretch, just incredibly stressful. Did, I agree. Did things did things turn out well? <laughs> things turned out the opposite of well for me. Nice. <laughs> I was uh, uh, for the teams that my teams that survived through semifinal week, they were uh, summarily destroyed in championship week. So mostly by Jeremy Hill. Thank you very much. Mm. Oh God, Jeremy Hill haunted me for the last like four weeks of the season. My God, I didn't have any Hill, and apparently everybody else has Hill on their team. Yeah, so that's that, rough. That's that was great for me. How about you? Uh, things ended up well. Uh, the the I I I won the championships this week. That that nice. that mattered. It, it was good. It was good. C.J. Anderson basically is is like my hero right now. Right. He. I tweeted on Monday morning that I've never needed a, a player more in my entire life than C.J. Anderson, and mm-hmm. he ended up as the number one running back last week in PPR league. So uh, yeah, that was good. A safe play, right? Yeah, it, it's incredible. Yeah, and it, like he didn't even do anything spectacular, but he just he just kept grinding and just kept scoring fantasy points. And like it was like every time he touched the ball, it was, I'm not trying to like sick brag here. But like every time he touched the ball, it was like my 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 winnings on DraftKings was going up and up and up. <laughs> that it was amazing. Bag, <laughs> that was such a sick break, <laughs> dude. I had I had such a bad stretch, and I'm just glad that I came out. It came out, you know, favorably in fantasy this year. It was it was a, a big sigh of relief for me. I'm just glad. I'm glad though that it's in a way. I'm glad that it's over because it's a very stressful time. Yeah. Well, I'll say I'm happy for you through gritted teeth. Thanks. I appreciate it. I mm-hmm. do appreciate it. Um, so yeah, uh, last week, our final real week of streaming, uh, wasn't too bad. We, uh, we went with, uh, the Jaguars defense, the Panthers defense and the Ravens defense. Uh, the Ravens really, really screwed up. They, oh my God, they did. Wow. Yes. The Ravens were, were a debacle. Um, the, uh, the Jags actually, uh, depending on, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I use them in in two leagues, two redraft leagues, and they scored 11 points for me. But according to like the official scoring on NFL.com, it's eight points. So anyway, uh, Jags ended up with eight points, which puts them at 
eleventh for the week. Yeah, I um, I had twelfth, so it's around the same. Yeah, it's not. That's not not terrible. Um, and so we who do we have? Jags, Ravens, and and the Panthers. The Panthers were around the exact same as Jacksonville, uh, according right. to some of the the numbers that I'm looking at. Yeah, nine nine points here, which tied with uh, with Denver and was just behind. Uh, just behind Chicago. God, if you played Chicago's defense last week, you know, yeah. I mean, I think it was a terrible process, but good for you. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like, it was it was kind of a strange week streaming defenses yeah. last week in general. And even, there just there just wasn't a, an incredibly high-scoring performance, if I recall correctly. Maybe outside yeah. of C- Cincinnati might have been the number one defense? Uh, no, uh, Atlanta. Oh, right, right. Because of that, that touchdown, which was that at the end, uh, right. uh, last play of the game. I don't know if, if everybody saw it, but Breeze fumbled at, at his own or no at the at the Atlanta ten. Uh, guy picked it up. Was it OC Umanura? I forget. Yeah, I uh, think I he think picked so. he picked it up and and basically like walked ninety yards um, for a touchdown. So Atlanta ended up with twenty fantasy points. No one played them, so right. that really doesn't matter. But uh, I, I made the point on Twitter that I mean yes, uh, your streaming defense likely tanked. But it didn't kill you. It didn't lose your game because even if you were if you were facing a team, a fantasy team with Seattle, Seattle's defense, they scored thirteen points. Yeah, you know, you, uh, uh, if you played a, a team with, um, well, with well, if you if you streamed like Carolina, Jacksonville, I mean, even Philadelphia scored seven points. I know they're not a streaming defense, but what I'm saying is it was a very down down week for popular defensive plays. So I think that very few people lost their championship because of the defensive selection. Yeah, and it was a very uh, a very up week for people who drafted their quarterbacks late. It was <clears> another <throat> another incredible week uh, for for the non-elite quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. you, so you know you have you have Russell Wilson who was the number one quarterback last week, who's now basically I mean he could outscore Peyton on the season, correct? Yeah, well, he's up up by eleven by my count. Eleven yeah. fantasy points. So I mean, Russell Wilson's right there, and we were talking about this before we got on the podcast. It's really important that people recognize that um, you know we both own Russell Wilson, we both own Ben Roethlisberger this year, mm-hmm. and, and and a key reason is that you're going for for that potential upside, and it, when you're drafting, and if it doesn't pan out, that's when you live the stream. Uh, streaming is most definitely viable, um, mm-hmm. as we've shown this year. Where uh, our, our Frankenstein is around QB six, QB seven, so it's been solid this season, um, and that and that's with some really really bad picks and with some learnings too. And that main learning being that we're not streaming rookie quarterbacks ever again. That's true. Um, yeah. But you know, you look at last week's quarterback scoring. You had Russell Wilson number one, then Tannehill, Kaepernick, Romo, Eli, Rivers, Cam, Sanchez, Orton, Bridgewater, Hill. Matt Ryan, Charlie yeah. Charlie Whitehurst was third. Charlie Whitehurst outscored Aaron Rodgers last week. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible. The 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 number one elite quarterback. So if, if I'm drawing from Breeze, Manning, Luck, and Rodgers, the 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 first one that pops up was the 15th ranked quarterback in Championship Week, wow. which was Aaron Rodgers, and and that's and he had a plus matchup too. Yeah, and and, and how about how about Eli in a in a not so great matchup going for three ninety one and three touchdowns? I mean, you you have a stat about Eli that I think is really interesting and something that you know that that streamers, well, anybody, all fantasy footballers should pay attention to this. Yeah, that here. So obviously, with streaming, we we kind of embrace volatility as long as the volatility is 
uh, predictable in a way. So what I mean by that is is if there's a guy who is uh, volatile in that he scores five points one week and then 25 the next week, uh, as long as you can pinpoint that 25-point performance, that's a great thing. Uh, but, but first and foremost, you need to find a guy who's very volatile because usually when that guy is volatile, he's either on the waiver wire or pretty easy to, to acquire. And I don't think that there's a better example of this than Eli Manning. Since Odell Beckham kind of emerged and became a thing, Eli Manning has five top five weekly quarterback performances in nine games, Man, which is just unbelievable. I mean, he's, he, he's, uh, of course, he, he's been terrible in, in some of the other games, but as long as you, I, I would say that the one game that you probably would have never even thought, other than last week, you probably didn't play him either, but mm-hmm. the one game that, you know, he was a, a very, very strong option that he really didn't do anything was that Eagles game where they just blitzed the crap out of him and he, and he couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, but that, I don't. I don't know if that was actually part of that sample, though. To be fair, that because that, that was back game, in like week six or something. Yeah, I feel like that game was a fluke. I I wrote about this a little bit uh, in my Monday column about how um, I know it's way early and kind of ridiculous, but I will say that Eli is my new Cutler. Yeah, I believe it. Twenty fifteen. Like, think, think about it. I would yeah. talk about it actually. Go ahead. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mean I'm I'm telling listeners to think about it, but I want you to talk about it. I, I will. Uh, I mean, first of all, um, it's it's Beckham. I mean, let's just be. If I can reduce the, my analysis to three letters, it would be OBJ. I yeah. mean, that's that's it. Uh, <clears throat> it's the reason why you know before the Lions' uh, offense stunk, we were always you know we always loved Stafford. Like when Stafford was a value pick in what like 2011. Yeah. Um, and and the reason why you picked him was not because he was this great transcendent talent, but because he had Calvin Johnson. And and I know it sounds you know strange. I mean, maybe it doesn't. It's, it's I'm trying to get used to it. But uh, uh, you know, o- o- Odell Beckham Jr. brings that sort of upside to Eli. Uh, and I I think that you know Eli will be unless his value is just destroyed in the off season by people like me, you know, pumping him up. Uh, I really think he should be a target for anyone who, who waits on quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. And Victor Cruz is coming back. Right. And, and another year in the, in the McAdoo offense. And hopefully they, you know, either, you know, they get a, a reliably healthy pass catching running back because, you know, Jen, Jennings made a, a, a huge difference for Eli yeah. in the games in which he was healthy because he was an outlet. And and Eli really used him a lot as as we saw. So I, I think that that you know either a healthy Jennings or someone who is not Andre Williams catching balls out of the backfield uh, would be a, a huge boon for him too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good take, Denny. Thanks, man. Good take. Um, pro- probably one of my favorite uh, things that happened last week that we didn't really talk about on Twitter or anything is that uh, our our Rob Silver pick uh, on the Rob Silver show. Uh, for tight ends, do you know who I who I ended up going with? I don't know if we talked about tight ends because no. tight end just doesn't matter. Did you? You didn't go with Heath. Did I you? went with Scott Chandler, Denny. Oh, and he scored a touchdown. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So he was he was tight end eleven last week. He scored thirteen point seven PPR points, which would have been like a top six score any other week, pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we we also talked about Jordan Cameron, I believe, last week on the pod. Um, and he had 17.8 fantasy points. I think we might have brought him up, or maybe that was two weeks ago. Uh, oh, gosh. You know, I, I don't... You know what? You know what? DGAF. Yeah, DGAF. We, yeah, we did. We brought him up last week. Who cares? 
Um, and then uh, we did we did talk about Dwayne Allen, who um, who who got who got hurt. I I I just realized that I skipped over our quarterback picks though. Oh yeah, well we had Alex. We had Alex. So so first and foremost, we did talk through Sanchez, and if he was out there, you should be playing him. He finished as QB eight, and he scored nice. tw- twenty one fantasy points, which is amazing because he was terrible. Yeah, right. Uh, and then you have Alex Smith, who was our, our top streaming option in kind of that 20% ownage, uh, 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 range oh, ownage. And I realized that's why I just stuttered because I realized how bad, badly I worded that. Um, he, he finished with 14 points. He had so many opportunities to do something. It was incredible. Uh, but he just couldn't, he couldn't throw a touchdown pass. Um, so he finished as a QB 18 with 14 fantasy points. Which could have been a lot worse. I mean, he hit the he hit the the bonus on DraftKings, which is so, insane. So so there's that. So there's he that. that for him. Yeah, he threw 300 yards. That's just what happens against the Steelers. That, but that, that, it's a, it, it was the right process. We had the right process last week. If you would have just thrown a touchdown pass, he would have been a top 12 quarterback very easily. I mean, how many like like I know Dwayne Bow had the ball in his hands in mm-hmm. the end zone, right? Yeah, he like, did. Yeah. What and, ha- so what ha- what happened? I mean, why couldn't some and then there was another close call because uh, he he legitimately just checks down on every pass. Like he never steps up in the pocket and he's just he he's very he's just afraid. Like it, it's it's it blows my mind. Uh Albert Wilson did some work though oh, against the Steelers, which how was awesome. Sweet would it have been. I know. Like this is the DGF episode we're, so we're going to talk about about what ifs. If if he had hit Wilson on that deep shot, oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know it'd be a nightmare for you as a Steelers fan, but uh, okay. you know, he, he finally, you know, Alex finally decides to load up and just chuck one down the middle. Yeah, Wilson streaking streaking across on the right. I mean, that would have been what like a sixty five yarder. Oh my god, yeah, I would have, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so Smith Smith could have had a much much better game. Um, I think that he hit his floor basically against the Steelers. I really do. Right. Um, and then we, we talked about RG three who really, really was terrible. Uh, he finished as QB 27 with about eight fantasy points. Um, and then lastly, the third streamer was our, our D gaff partner. He might be the number one D gaffer right now after that Jay Cutler press conference this past week, Kyle Orton, Kyle Orton, QB nine, 21 fantasy points. Denny, last week in two of my leagues, one of them I played Jimmy Clausen, one of them I played Kyle Orton, and I won championships with both of them. See, that is amazing. That's a testament. It is. It's um, it's incredible. I, I was kind of forced to play Clausen uh, in a two QB. So here, this is this is total fantasy douche. But you know what's the DGAF episode? Um, <laughs> I was in a championship, a, a big championship, and it was a two QB league and I had Roethlisberger and the opponent had Joe Flacco and Aaron Rodgers. and my second QB choice, which I've been streaming ever since uh, Carson Palmer's injury. My mm-hmm. second, my, my second QB was between Blake Bortles, Jimmy Clausen and Geno Smith. And I went with Jimmy Clausen. Okay. and of those four quarterbacks, Jimmy Clausen scored the most fantasy points, man. You know, that's, that's amazing. I, I'm, I'm really happy to see that, uh, a quarterback as bad as Clawson can function in Tressman's offense because I, I don't think we were wrong about Tressman's offense. Just for no, what's... I don't either. I don't think so at all. And like, it what what's amazing to me, uh, and it's good that we're talking about Jay Cutler in the DGAF episode, is that mm-hmm. Jay Cutler was still the ninth ranked quarterback going into Championship Week mm-hmm. in fantasy football, despite 
despite him being like he wasn't good. That's fine. You can blame. Yeah, like he he didn't have a good season, but he was great in fantasy football. Fantastic in fantasy football. He had some down weeks. Um, but if you if you got through those down weeks, you were kind of gold if you just plugged and played Jay Cutler this year. Sure. I mean, it's like look at uh, you know Kyle Orton and Mark Sanchez last week were both uh, in real football terms bad, mm-hmm. and yet they were both top ten uh, uh, fantasy uh, quarterbacks of the week. And I think that that's something that we we need to like you know separate out. In uh, in our evaluation of quarterbacks, it's you know Kyle Orton is still a bad quarterback, but he's capable of doing what he did against Oakland and putting up three hundred and thirty yards and three touchdowns. Right, so right. That's all that matters for for our purposes. Yeah, right. I mean, we need to we need to really push the separation of real football and fake football even more because I think I think there's this notion that like you need a, a, a true leader when you're going into the fantasy playoffs. Like, that matters. Like, these guys have no idea that this is the fantasy football playoffs. No, and they don't care. They don't care. They, they degaff about that. Yeah, like, like to say, like, you know, well, Brady Brady got me here with his late with his midseason, you know, uh, uh, heroics in fantasy. So he's my guy. Like, he's the leader of my team. I, I actually saw that on Twitter, and I wanted to puke. I mean, more than more <laughs> and than, only more than, and so much corn would have came out. <laughs> so, so much. I've been I've been binge eating corn for the past week. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's that that kind of stuff is so it just frustrates me so much. Like these guys, it's they are literally just assets. They're it's it's they they don't care. They don't care, and you can pretend that they care because you want to have this really strange fantasy about you being a GM, but that's just not what happens. <laughs> oh. God, I I, I want to write my uh, my next book should be uh, how how not to think like a like a GM. Yeah, right, I mean, right. And who wants to be a GM? They all suck. They're all t- and they're all under pressure. Like one thing goes wrong, one evaluation goes wrong, and they're and they're fired. I mean, right. you don't want to be a GM. Just 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 embrace embrace the fantasy part of the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So before we briefly touch on some week seventeen guys, do you want to talk about our sponsor? Yeah. Our sponsor, uh, as as uh, as it's been all year, is uh, Sportable. Uh, you can find them on the web at sportable.is and on Twitter at sportablenfl. Um, our uh, our good buddy uh, uh, Johnny Rumford is um, is now writing for them. Johnny uh, Rumford. He has yeah he has some some daily content uh, on there this week and uh, like I like I mentioned before uh, those um, the 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 daily picks the value picks from Rich Rebar um, that are sent out in the Sportable newsletter. I mean, they're money. I I, I was saved last week by a few of those suggestions. So, yeah. um, you know, subscribe to the newsletter and check them out, sportable.is. All right, Denny, do you want to uh, go through qu- just quickly, because no one really is playing fantasy football this week, some defensive streamers that, that you you think that you should just degaff in your lineup? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. It's uh, here's for 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 D gaffers who are playing this week, and really, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like it's almost pointless to make a daily lineup this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, beside, you know, before like Sunday at like eleven o'clock. Yeah, I'm actually like because I feel good with where I'm at with daily this year, and I'm probably just gonna throw some money into tournaments and just be done because I'm not gonna be able to like research enough either yeah. just because of the holidays and stuff so i'm totally with you i think it's attorney week in general right right and and yeah i would i would suggest you know that if no matter how you've done over the over the course of the season 
to just be wary of week 17 because things things happen um uh, so yeah i mean some, some the the streaming scores i actually wrote a streaming article of course it's on the fakefootball.com uh top streaming scores go to i mean this this goes without saying but uh the texans the seahawks the the cowboys against washington um uh the colts the cardinals and the ravens i mean you know the ravens if you're playing in week 17, well, you need to re- reevaluate things. But the Ravens are still out there on half of uh, waiver wires. And is is uh, Tyler Thigpen uh, quarterbacking the, uh, the the Brownies? The Browns, yeah, uh, yeah, or or the their rookie. I mean, it's it's such a mess there. It doesn't even matter. So so it's in it's in Baltimore. You know, I mean, I think a great I think actually a great stack would be Baltimore's defense and Forsett. Yeah, you know, I mean, because is there any possibility that the Browns compete in this one? I just, I can't see it. I mean, I can't either. Yeah, I mean, like rest in peace, Josh Gordon's appeal. You know, that's that's obviously over for now. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, the Ravens are are still available in a lot. Um, the the Vikings um, at home against. Against D Gaffer. Against King D Gaff. Can we can we talk about though? Like I don't think he's a D Gaff anymore. Like well, did you did you listen to that press conference or did you hear it or no, read it? I, you know you know what I heard. I heard a D Gaffer who was told not to sound like a D Gaffer. I don't know. I I actually think that Jay Cutler started caring last week. Oh my god, really? I do. I think that Jay Cutler cares. Uh, I just that would that would ruin my image of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. I, well, just talk about the Vikings. Was he? No, was it anything that Cuddy said in particular? No, I, I mean, I would, I would say that he. It was just his voice. You could, you could tell deep down that that he loves playing football and he loves his teammates. God, you could not. I mean, you could never tell that by watching him on the field. No, never, never. But he, he just like, like he said, like typically. You know, like the one thing that that Cutler is is great at is just like I mean, like even in press conferences and stuff, like he just tells it how it is, you know. And he's just he doesn't give the the, the canned answers that Andrew Luck does or that that JJ Watt would or something like that. But with 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 Cutler this past week, it wasn't so much that he was giving uh, that he wasn't being honest. It was that he was like he was just being a lot more human. I, I don't know. I, I just I I I I felt I felt that he actually cared, and I think that deep down he probably hates Mark Tressman. I, I think he clear. has to. That's pretty clear. Yeah. yeah, but but he also you know like like they were asking questions like how do you feel about this situation, and he's like you know obviously it sucks, and he would <laughs> open it up though, and he would like relate to the listener. He would say like like he it's he was like well how would you feel if you know, you lost your job. Obviously it sucks, but he did in the past. I feel like he would just stop there. Mm-hmm. Whereas now he said, but I understand this direction and I understand and I'm mm. going to help Jimmy Clausen. And I'm going like, it was insane. Yeah. I can't, I mean that I, I didn't hear that. That boggles my mind. Wow. Yeah. He had that, that uh, he, he had that additional, but, and a lot of D gaffers don't have that additional, but, and I'm not talking about a but with two T's. Right, so you're saying Jake, you liked Jake Cutler's butt. Yes, and then he has two of them. Okay. <laughs> this is all news to me. Um, 
Well, yes. <clears throat> so I, uh, despite uh, possibly Cutler converting to the world of, of Gaff, um, I, I think that the Vikings at home uh, in this one make for a, a pretty good play. I, I, I mean, obviously their, their floor is not all that great, but against Cutler, I mean, no one's turned it over more, right, in, in the yeah. NFL yeah. in 2014. So um, I, I actually would not be as bullish on Minnesota if Clawson were starting. I mean that's just yeah. You know, well, he I, yeah he 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 checked down a lot against against Detroit and and exactly. so on. So um, God, and Detroit was a, it was a it was just a uh, Detroit's defense was a disaster. Yeah, that the defense hasn't played nearly as well as it did the first half of the season. It's kind of like Miami. Miami's in the same boat with that. They they were both those defenses were so so strong to start of the year, and they've just kind of. Uh, bottomed out a bit. Detroit, not as much as Miami, but the thing is with Detroit is that their offense has been really inefficient. Right. Um, yeah. So Ravens, uh, uh, Vikings and, uh, the Colts are out there in a lot of leagues and they play the Titans. You know, I, I was kind of realizing midway through that, that horrible Thursday night game between the Jags and Titans that Charlie Whitehurst is not the greatest streaming defense target no he's, uh, no you're right and, and 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 that i think you know jake locker in that game would have been a debacle like yeah. i think that locker would have been the one that would have given up like the 30 point fantasy performance to the to jacksonville's defense but whitehurst is kind of careful right with the ball like you know he throws it away he checks down to delaney walker a lot he you know, I mean, right now, I think that he's actually he actually has like a, a much stronger arm than say I don't know Peyton Manning. <laughs> like, yeah, right. He can actually make those those sideline throws, which he did against the Jags a lot. That that kind of freaked me out a little bit. But uh, the Colts are supposed to start uh, use their starters this week. So yeah, Chuck Pagano keeps saying I still put Andrew Luck as a sit in my start sit column because it just scares the crap out of me to throw him out there and only watch him play one half. Although he could still just put up. You know, QB Crazy. one numbers in one half, but at the right. same time, it's just frightening. I I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. If and this is why you know this is a prime example of why you do not you know go into week seventeen um, uh, because now the Andrew Luck owner is in, probably you know either in the championship or or you know probably was was try, was about to was competing to get into the championship anyway. Uh, if you survive last week, now you have to find. Now you have to go away from luck because you can't. Yeah. You know you can't deal with that sort of risk. But anyway, so yeah, those are my three. Uh, cool. uh, Ravens uh, in order: Ravens, Vikings, Colts. Sweet. Um, I'll go quick with the uh, quarterback streamers. I think there's uh, you got you have Ryan Tannehill against the Jets. He's owned in more leagues, but you know what, DGAF. Uh, this is, and I'm, I'm not even kidding. So like, usually I have a decent amount of notes and stuff that I'm just kind of going through whenever I'm giving advice for, for streamers and stuff. My, my notes with Ryan Tannehill versus the Jets just says the word revenge. Revenge? <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, remember how bad he was against the Jets earlier this year? Uh, oh God, he was so bad. Yeah. And I'm, this is his revenge game. Uh, but no, the, the Jets are just bad against the pass. We've been targeting them all year long. So if Tannehill's out there and if you're playing in uh, Week 17 Fantasy Championships, I realize that now you're, the, the, the percentage of, of leagues that Tannehill's out there is like 60%, let's say. And then mm-hmm. the percentage of leagues that are playing Week 17 is like, I don't know, 5%. So put that together. And Ryan Tannehill playing in Week 17 
uh, as a streamer is slim, but it's it's worth noting. Um, the the guy that I really like this week is Teddy Bridgewater against the uh, against the the Bears. The Bears, yeah, the Bears. Uh, the Bears just haven't. You know, last week they were fine against Stafford, but this one's in Minnesota. Bears defense has struggled all season long. Teddy's been playing actually really well. Yeah. Uh, over his last three games, he's ranked as the 15th, the 10th, and the 10th quarter ranked quarterback uh, in in the league. Um, and I think that he scored no no less than 16 fantasy points. So mm-hmm. I, I think all that combined, he's going to be fine. Asiata's getting involved out of the backfield. Uh, so hopefully, if if they get close to the goal line, Teddy's able to to throw the touchdown rather than them running it in. Um, mm-hmm. But but I'm I'm totally for Bridgewater. And then I don't mind Derek Carr against the Broncos this week either. Um, yeah, that's 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 more of a deeper play. Um, yeah. He scored 16 plus in two of his last three, though, uh, and obviously the Broncos. You, you know, it's a little bit different when um, the, the the fear with this game, of course, is that the Broncos are just going to pound it down the Raiders' throat, and and Derek Carr is not going to have a ton of opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I, I think it's an exploitable matchup uh, as it's been for most of the season, just from a volume perspective. Um, so, you know, if, if you're really, really in, in need of a quarterback, I think that you could do worse than Carr, who's really been improving as well. Him and Bridgewater have just have, have slowly improved throughout the season. It's good to see finally, again, rookie quarterbacks who are um, producing and, and actually show a bright future. Because yeah. the last couple of years, since that crazy uh, 2012 class, mm-hmm. um, I guess 2013 and then, or whatever, maybe the last year, rookie quarterbacks have been terrible. But uh, this year, hopefully, there's some some um, a future for for Bridgewater and Derek Carr. Imagine if imagine if the Browns would have gotten Bridgewater. Oh God, what a, what a mistake that's going to look like. Yeah, awful, just terrible. So those are the three: Bridgewater, Tannehill, Derek Carr. Um, and then we talked about this briefly before um, coming on as our tight end. I think targeting Michael Rivera, mm-hmm. um, Derek Carr's tight end is a smart move. He didn't see much volume last week, but a lot of that had to do with game script because somehow the Raiders beat the Bills. Um, And I I think, you know, in in every other game, he's seeing a significant amount of volume, um, which is really important whenever you're, you know, streaming a tight end. Yeah, listen, only over the past seven weeks now, so it's a a decent sample size. Over the past seven weeks, uh, only uh, Jimmy Graham, Gronk, and uh, Olsen have more targets, have more tight end targets than Rivera. He's basically, you know, he's ba- he's the top option target wise in in that in that Raiders offense. And everyone attacks the Broncos right. via the tight end, including the Bengals, even though they have Jermaine Gresham. Yeah, yeah, who's terrible. Jermaine Gresham's terrible. He saw eleven targets on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think Rivera is definitely the guy that you want to target there uh, at, at tight end and streaming. All right, so that does it, Denny. That is all of our streamers. We're done. We're done streaming this year. I can't. Uh, so n- now I just need to prepare to talk you into Manziel for week one next year. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, since it's the DGAF episode, we asked uh, for questions on Twitter, uh, and we didn't get – I don't even think we got a single real football question, so this is going to be ridiculous. Good. What's about to happen? Um, so by the way, congrats to you for having 97 parody accounts. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> it's insane. It's like every day, man. Yeah. Well, uh, c- congrats as in, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to get sheepish about it and, uh, 
<clears throat> wondering if uh, uh always constantly wondering if people are subtweeting me about about uh, creating because people think I create the accounts. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. Myself, which I mean, look, if you think that, then you need to unfollow me right now on Twitter because I'm I'm a dangerous psychopath. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so if you think that I'm like making CD smarter and CD farter. <laughs> Which is really good, by the way. You should check it out. It's actually really funny. Um, and uh, and the Kenny Darter account. Yes, I created the the character. I didn't create the the Twitter account. Uh, who else is out there? C D Gaff Carter. Cor- C. I like C D Corner. C D Corner. I mean, so <laughs> so. <laughs> listen, oh, there's O C D Carter. Um, <laughs> so if you think C D Gaff Carter. Yeah, so I I swear I swear I I do not create the I don't tweet from those accounts. In fact, pe- the people who run the accounts have gotten in touch with me just to say, "Hey, uh, and listen, I don't know them. Like they're I don't they're not part of the fantasy community or anything." You hired them. Yeah, right. So right, exactly. I hired them. But anyway, I swear I don't do it, and I'm sorry if it rubs people the wrong way. But I I actually really like it. So yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious. It it, it it's a it's only hilarious like like. I don't. I I just think it, the the notion of all of these accounts being created is hilarious. But like like I don't. I'm not to be mean to you, Denny. But I'm not following any of them because no. I, because my timeline would only be Denny Carter, and I get enough of Denny Carter. I think it has something to do with the picture. Yeah, I think so too. That's true. My 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 uh, my Twitter Abby, I think there's something about that 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 like screams uh, mock me. Yeah, yeah, that's because it's very easy to edit and just add things to. Yeah, so I'm I'm a I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine. Yeah, that's hilarious. All right, well, uh, funny enough, the first question we have is from at uh, C D Gaff Carter thirteen. He <laughs> says, "What is one of your favorite ways to show you D Gaff around the holidays?" Wow. I will say that that this is this is an unfair question because I gaff so much during the holidays. I um, well, I buy I only buy presents for uh, my wife, and well, that's that's it. So, <laughs> um, you know, and she she handles the rest, but it's mostly because I just don't care about um, buying presents. So yeah, um, or or I we also- could, we could we could say that we we degaff during the holidays by recording a podcast on Christmas Eve. That's true. Uh, also, I wrote a uh, I, I wrote a novella that's available on Amazon called Consuming, which is a um, basically um, a critique of uh, um, materialistic culture uh, in during the holiday season. So <clears throat> I that I think that that might be my ultimate decap move. Yeah, that's very true. Christmas season. Very true. Uh, the next one is from our buddy at Rumford Johnny. He said, "Cornbread the food or Cedric Cornbread Maxwell, Celtic's sixth great or sixth man great." I mean, since I don't know the latter, I'm, and and I love the former, I'm going with the cornbread. I'm going to go with with uh, with cornbread Maxwell. Um, you know who that is? Yeah, because it's bad. I I don't. Okay, I I don't like cornbread that much. My God, <laughs> sorry. Was... This is from at Andrew Schmidt twenty four. He said, "One T Rex or a million cats? Who wins?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate both my cats, so I can't imagine a million of them. Dude, a T Rex would destroy a million cats. <laughs> That's true. Just completely annihilate them. Wait, so you have to you wait, 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 you have to fight a million cats or a T Rex? I don't know. Well, he could be asking if you want. Uh, he said, "Who wins?" Well, maybe the winning is by you wanting them. 
who oh who wins yeah he said who wins so one t-rex or a million cats who wins but you could take this a lot of different directions because it could be like like which one of these do you want and the one that you want is the winner I would say everyone loses in that scenario. I, I would agree. I would I would totally agree. If they were fighting, the T-Rex would most definitely win. Yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah, it would just not even be fair. They should do that in the next Jurassic Park. <laughs> A million cats. <laughs> so many cats. Um, the next question is from at Bearhart Kyle. He's Bearhat Kyle, not Hart. He said, season is over, but ESPN lets us set lineups this week, so my league is doing a DGAF week. Wow. Starting Shaw at quarterback. That's the rookie for Cleveland. Uh, do you have Do you have any other ideas as, as to who he should start? I mean, there's uh, uh, Logan Thomas. Yeah. But I, do we? Do they have to be playing? Uh, oh, do they have to? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think... Okay, I think okay, we'll they, set that. We'll set that. Okay. All right, that's um, good. Uh, who, who else? Uh... Um, I would play fullbacks as much as I could. I mean, I've always, like, is this funny, but I felt all season like Matt Asiata is a DGAF play, but he's like a top 13 Dude, running back. He's been, he's been the number three ranked running back the last two weeks. Each of, each of the last two weeks, he's ranked third. He has so 50, he has 55 fantasy points in two weeks. I'm gonna be sick. I've never, I've, anyway, uh. I don't. I don't know who else. I mean, quarterback wise, who who who's this a total DGAF play? I, I mean, we we kind of we kind of nailed yeah. that. Uh, Garoppolo, if 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 the oh. Patriots bench their starters. Oh, Hasselbeck, if luck doesn't. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. So those are those are solid, solid DGAFers. Um, this one is from at the underscore real underscore Kurt. Please rate your jealousy of CD Carter 13 having more parity counts on a JJ Watt to Cutler scale. So this one's to me specifically. Um, I'll say I'll say uh, I'm very jealous. Oh, stop! To, you're not to you're the not JJ to, to the JJ Watt Watt end. I don't believe that. Yeah, super jealous. You you have what you have at least two parodies. I think so. ZZ is the main one. I don't know if I have another one. Oh, no. I, no, I think it's just ZZ. No, no, you have late round mongoose. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that one. I, lo- I love, I don't know how you feel. I, late round mongoose is, has some gold golden tweets, honestly. Yeah, well, apparently I look like a mongoose, so that's where that came from. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, who cares where it came from? It, that, that is, that's good stuff. It says, his tw- the Twitter profile says living near history. <laughs> that's that's funny stuff. Yeah, that is good. Uh, this is at Uwana underscore Madik. He says, right. with ODB's unreal efficiency this year, will he be an auto fade if his ADP is top twenty four? Deja vu to chasing Foles two ints in twenty thirteen. I I don't I don't think it's deja vu because Nick Foles is still like a seventh or eighth round player. Um, and it's we're talking and about his, quarterback. I mean, it's, yeah, I would I would be most fearful that we've seen not to this extent, obviously, but we've seen really good rookie wide receiver performances, um, like Clayton, um, that the next season they just disappear. But I I, I don't think that this is going to be the case. My my biggest fear with with Beckham is probably Victor Cruz. But you think you you think that that if, if he's not seeing like fifteen targets a game. No, I mean like like I, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that like it's a legitimate fear. I would just say it's my biggest fear, but it's not a big one. Yeah, I, I just you know, teams are they are doubling him and they are trying to trying to put bracket coverage on him and, and 
basically saying, okay, we know he's the focal point of your offense. We're going to try to stop him at all costs and they still can't do it. So, you know, I just, I think that you have to kind of realize at some point that he is going to go in the top two rounds. And I think that he's kind of a safe play. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not against that at all. I mean, he's, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. And he's, he's a guy that if he even comes to a fraction of, uh, Leo Howe wrote a really good article on, on Beckham on number fire yesterday. Um, just, just read that. But basically like, even if he drops significantly in his efficiency, he's still going to be unbelievable. So um, and which which he will regress. I mean, there's no way that he can keep up this pace. Uh, mm-hmm. But but at the same, and even Randy Moss didn't catch 17 touchdowns every year that he played in the NFL. Um, he didn't. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm gonna, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, but basically, you know, uh, from a net expected point standpoint, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Odell Beckham, if he would have if he would have kept this pace up for the entire season, um, his or actually, if if he keeps his pace up next week. His net expected points total surpasses Randy Moss's adjusted for era. So he is, he literally is the best rookie wide receiver ever. Oh my God, that is unreal. Yeah, it's insane. Um, This is, the next one is at K of the world. He said, DGAF of the season for my Chiefs this season. Uh, Giving Alex Smith an extension, not letting Charles run often or their wide receiver corp. Before we get to this this question, uh, since it's the DGAF episode... I wanted to bring in my son, Xavier, real quick. Oh, nice. Can, can you say hi, JJ? Hi, JJ. Hey, Xavier. Say, say, are you talking football? I'm talking football. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're degaffing. Say, say, are you degaffing? I'm degaffing. <laughs> <laughs> we sure are. We sure are. Yeah. Say, say, say keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Xavier. <laughs> say, see you soon. See you soon. See ya. <laughs> All right, all right. That's hilarious. There we go. We, I finally, I, I got him on the show for when he takes takes over for me in two years. That is hilarious. That's amazing. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. Actually, those those sound bites need to be need to be recorded that we can just throw in randomly into other podcasts that we do. Oh, definitely. Um, so DGAF for the season for this guy for K of the World's Chiefs giving Alex Smith an extension, not letting Charles. Not letting Jamal Charles run often or their wide receiver corp. I think it's Jamal, really. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Alex Smith extension. Yeah. Their I wide receiver because their wide receiver corp, I mean, is is tied to Alex Smith in some way. I mean, it's really bad. It's really bad. Yeah, it is. Super bad. But I, I think Albert Wilson. I mean, the thing is, like, I can't be bullish on any Chiefs skill position player until they get it. A, a new quarterback and I know look at Alex Smith is Jesus but he's only Jesus for streaming purposes right right like he's actually not like I understand Chiefs Twitter is in such a dark place right now it's so funny though Solly is Solly's the best yeah Solly's best I mean but they're in a really bad place because they now realize that they cannot win they can't actually compete for a Super Bowl uh anytime soon yeah. they, can't, they just can't yeah uh, the next question's at Joe, son of Joe. He said, "Will CD exact his revenge on parody accounts when he finally wins the Millie Maker, or will he, re- or he will he remember the little people?" <laughs> well, considering that I stopped entering the Millie Maker like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, um, I I will certainly 
remember the parody accounts. I don't know about the little people though. What per, what percentage of your money that you would win would you spend on corn? <laughs> that, that is a good question. Uh, I would I would say at least ten percent. I mean, nice. I'm talking about stockpiles. You know, for for in in case of like the apocalypse, corn corn baths. Oh, God, that's the grossest a thing. Swimming, yeah, but, a swimming pool full of 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 uh, corn pudding. Uh, no, 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 I'm not, no, we're talking about a swimming pool full of, um, corn dip, as I mentioned last week. Right, right. And then you just say, hey, pass me the nachos, and you just dip it. Oh, man. Oh, God. I would gain, like, honestly, I would gain, like, 80 pounds. Well, especially if you you ate the whole pool. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I would be vomiting on Sunday afternoons more than normal. (laughs) More than you. (laughs) More, more exorcist vomiting than normal. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, next question. At FF underscore Disguise, who are some of your fondest waiver wire pickups over the year that took you to the title? You go first. Uh, CJ Anderson is probably my favorite because he won won me a couple titles. Um, I don't know. I think yeah. I think that was probably my favorite. I, I owned Odell Beckham in, in two leagues that I won a championship, so obviously he's there too. Yeah, I, did, I didn't get Beckham anywhere. Although my wife won her fantasy championship thanks to OBJ. Yeah. I mean, she she picked him up uh, in like week four or five just in case and then just just went all the way. And, uh, of course, she had Peyton on her team because uh, she hates me. So Yeah, naturally. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I, you know, C.J. Anderson, I, I sold out to get Anderson in, um, in uh, blind bids yeah. um, once, uh, once Hillman went down. Um, I didn't, I didn't care how much he costs. Uh, I, I just wanted him. So, um, unfortunately it didn't lead to any championships, but Anderson was, was kind of a, a no brainer yeah. sort of pickup for me. Uh, you know, I don't know. Besides that, those two are the, are the two main ones. Um, I, I don't, I don't really think I have, is there, is there a tight end? I don't know. There's not a tight end. I was trying to think about that. I mean, it, if you got, you know, I mean, Delaney Walker has been so crazy uh, yeah. back and forth that he's not really one, but he did help me through get through a few weeks late in the season with with those with with the, the performance against Philly, for, for instance. But right. I, you know, I don't know. I, I besides Anderson, I just don't think that there was one that jumps out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is another one from at Uwana underscore Madik. He said, "Your 2014 All Dads team. Mine is QB Rivers, running back Asiata and Fred Jackson." Wide receiver Bolden, Edelman, and Smith Sr. Tight end Witten, kicker Matt Bryant. That's a good kicker choice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, IDP would be Charles Woodson. I, I think that's a good. Do you have any other dad dads that you would like to throw into that lineup? So, da- so in this, we're not talking about dad runners. We're just talking about like old guys. All dads team. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think. I think that that's like he has a pretty good, pretty good selection there. I don't know about Asiata though at running. I, F. Jax is a great choice for the dad's team because did you see what he did during the Buffalo snowstorm? No. He like he like filled up his his bathtub with snow and reenacted Frozen with his daughters. Wow, really? Yeah, like F. Jax is the best dad. Jeez. Yeah, he's he's dad of the league. Uh, makes me weepy. Yeah, right. I know it's fantastic. But then I don't know. Like I, I feel like like if this is like an actual dad's team because there's a good mix here. If it's dad runner, like Edelman's not really a dad runner. But I don't think he's a dad either. He said Ed- Edelman's like a twenty-five-year-old bro. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that that Edelman deserves to be on the. And Steve Smith Senior is still, he's not a good example. 
for to be a dad. I mean, he, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm, it, I'm talking, like, picture-perfect dad, like Jason Witten. Or, and even Philip Rivers, to be honest. I know that he has 17 kids, but he's actually going to have a reality TV show called 17 Kids and Cow. Is that true? Wait, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought you were first. <laughs> that was such a bad joke. Oh, God, jeez. My God. Can we yeah, cut let's, that? Let's edit that out. Yeah. Um. So... <laughs> <laughs> but Rivers talks junk. Rivers is kind of annoying. Like, oh yeah, no. Manning, Manning would Peyton would be on that list for me. Is is Peyton a dad? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. And then yeah, I would, I would put Peyton there. Probably Jason Witten still a tight end. Matt Bryant is is and, and, and when he does have his that mustache though, it's kind of frightening. Yeah, well, I mean, he's such a dad because you know, like as as he gets older, his gut gets bigger, right? But he's like, still no, great. Like no matter what, yeah. But I mean, it doesn't matter. I think that that's the thing. Like, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of skeptical of a kicker who's like jacked beyond belief. Yeah, like Jeff Reed. Like, Remember Jeff Reed? Oh, that guy. Well, he was. He ended up being not stable. Anyway, right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, like, okay, I know Justin Tucker's great. Okay, I'm not saying anything against him, but. When I first saw him, I thought, "Oh my God, there's a kicker who cares about his physique right. and like his physical health." That makes me skeptical right. of him. I, I I want my kicker to just like fall out of bed on Sunday morning, <laughs> like grab his coffee, grab his you know his uniform. You know, well, the uniforms at this anyway. You go. You know, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say unicorn. You you you, you yeah. Hop on and, his unicorn. You know, and and, and another thing, uh, I don't want to see too much warming up. You know. Look it. You kick a few. You go back to the sideline. You chill out till it's your turn to kick. So, right. so that 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 does a, a physically fit kicker makes me very nervous. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, next one is at Hat Inspector. He said, "Question for DGAF podcast: Has Denny really been far even as decided to use even go want to do look more like? What in the world? <laughs> I had to read that. So I did when he sent me that tweet, I had no idea what that what that was. Apparently, it's like a four chan joke. That's what Leo Howe told me. What what is four chan? <laughs> 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 All right, we're gonna we'll we'll just we'll move on because okay. because that that okay we'll we'll move on. This is at r foreman ninety six best and worst preseason bold prediction you guys made. We did do that podcast. We did. Um, uh, my worst. Oh my god! My worst is like being hyped about Mike Williams in Buffalo, <laughs> <laughs> which he now he now does not play football for a living. My best is was saying Russell Wilson will be a top three guy um, this this year, but yeah, yeah. I would say my worst was two worst uh, was Justin Hunter would score double digit touchdowns. Yeah, and that uh. Actually, I don't know if I said this. So I'll just say that as my worst. And then my best was probably that Fred Jackson would outscore C.J. Spiller. Oh, yeah. I was, I, I was all on that F. Jack strand. Yeah. It I, would have happened even if Spiller didn't get hurt. You, you got a lot of flack for that, too. Oh, yeah. I was way too high on Fred Jackson, but it, it, it's panning out. Um, yeah, he's a PPR machine. He is, dude. It's awesome. This is at Steve Smith Beta. He said, living the stream question in a battle royale of CD Carter parody accounts, who wins? I'm going I'm with, not, I'm going with CD Corner. I'm going with, uh, the, the little known CD Carter as in <laughs> S E E D Y. He's cause he's a, he's a CD, he's a CD mother. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he will. He will do what it takes to win the fight. And even against C.D. Gav Carter, 
I, I think I like S-E-E-D-Y, Carter. Nice. Uh, this is from at uh, FF, our buddy Nathan Powell. He said, who is nicer, Sal or Alex Smith? I, I would say Sal. I, I don't know I don't know who, who can be nicer than Sal. No one's nicer than Sal. So that's the answer. Um, this is from at Zan Patorgis. Oh, my God. Nice. More, more iconic fantasy analyst trait: Denny's hair or Sigmund Bloom's voice. I mean, I would, I would probably go with Sigmund's voice since he's been around for a lot longer than me. But... I'd go with, I'm, I'm gonna go with Bloom's voice. Yeah. Just because he's got kind of like a, a Pittsburgh accent going on in there too, and that that means a lot to me. Not that uh, your hair doesn't. Your hair means a ton to me, Denny. I, I think you've made that clear over the years. Yeah. Uh, this is at uh, Aaron Berger. He said, "What round are you drafting John Coonan next year?" I don't, I don't even know. I'm, what in like a 2018 league? Yeah, never. This is at, P- but this is the DGAF episode, which is why that was asked. Oh, I see. Sorry. This is at P Finks. How often should I remind? <laughs> this is probably my favorite. I actually, we were driving to Raleigh because I'm in Raleigh right now at my parents' house. We were driving to Raleigh last night, and Amanda was driving, and. Uh, I get this question on Twitter and I literally started laughing out loud. I thought it was hilarious. He said, this is at P Finks. He says, how often should I remind my friends that I'm better than them at fantasy? <laughs> that is a good question. I I would say, you know, not too often, but once in a while you should call uh, around, you know, like five or 6 a.m. And, and just don't text, but call right. and make them answer the phone. They'd be like, hello. And you're like, hey, uh, do you remember when I won? The fantasy title this year, or right, and just just go, just go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Every every opportunity you can, uh, you definitely you definitely need to uh, to make fun of them. Uh, this is at Gravy Cakes DFS. Uh, this says DFS QB this week. Ryan at eight point eight. So Matt Ryan, the Falcons are playing the uh, the Panthers. Big Ben at eight point one against the Bengals, or Cam Newton at eight point three against the Falcons. Mm. I'm not, I'd rather just go cheaper probably, but, um, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like really high on, on Ryan in that game. I don't know. I'm not really high on any of those options. I would just rather go cheaper and play, play a streamer or just go, go with a guy like, like I would, I wouldn't be against playing Rogers against Detroit this week either. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Eli's below all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not just go with Yeah, him? exactly. Are you uh, are you uh, going to get to um, our our friend Matt Riddle's question? Oh, the uh, the fantasy or sex one? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, you can answer that because I have a breakdown of that question. Okay, go ahead. So so yeah, uh, our our friend Matt Riddle asked uh, simply football or sex, and I would just say this about that question: one is a primal need, and the other is a mortal sin. So. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. I think I think I just cleared it up, and I you you know where I stand on that issue. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. I I answered that because that question's always in Zach Law's uh, interviews. Oh right, does. right. Yeah. Oh, so God. my I think my answer I think my answer to that was Are the Steelers playing? <laughs> that that's really good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this is from our buddy Kenny Darter at First Round QB. He said, "I need." <laughs> I need an end to it all. Noose, car left running in the garage, Tylenol overdose, become a Browns fan. <laughs> Definitely become a Browns fan. We can't lose you, Denny. Or uh, Kenny. 
I'm kind of shocked that, that Kenny knows who the Browns are since his, you know, football knowledge is limited to, uh, you know, get Gronk, get Peyton, you yeah. win. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, was that, was that Darter? Oh, he, where did, where, where did that come from? Is he on your end? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this is at Jonathan L. Berry. Does Santa bring C.D. Carter ears of corn in his stocking? What, do you do you not get ears of corn in your stocking? <laughs> what, what have you What have you done in your life to deserve that? Uh, next one is at K of the world. Please be a fantasy douche and tell us all your team results, smooth moves, and complete failures. So I played in eleven leagues and I won four of them. God, that's ridiculous. Good for you. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, it was it was good. I profited profited this year pretty well, and things were were great. Complete failure. I had, whew, um, my the number fire writers league. I had a complete failure of a team. Uh, who, but but that was one of your teams where you had Peterson, right? I did have Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you know that's that's hard to come back from. Yeah, I had. I mean, like, I mean, I, I had a I had a good year. Uh, I can't. I I'm, I just I had a good year and I was fortunate in the championship to to you know I was barely favorited in both championships that were big money championships and then the other two were just kind of bragging right kind of leagues um, and the two big money leagues I came on top. Uh, I think let's see I'm trying to think I I made some really bad decision calls in this dynasty league I'm in uh, the Roto World one. No, it's the uh, the the DLF. Oh, one. right, right. It's called the Green Label, um, uh, a dynasty league. I I got to the championship and, and I lost, um, despite uh, a late a late push by Emmanuel Sanders, who's on my team. I really thought he was going to pull it out for me, but anyway, uh, I I benched. You know, it just um, let's see. I benched. Gosh darn. You know what? I think I benched C.J. Anderson before. Like I, I was fully in on him, mm-hmm. and he went off, and uh, that was that was that was a painful one. I lost by like point two. <laughs> so if we're being fantasy douches, there, there you go. Oh, I also can't forget to bring up the fact that if I would have not traded for Drew Brees in my big mm-hmm. league, I would have won the championship. Like, oh, like played out. If oh. I would have kept, because I, I traded Tony Romo. Oh no! I would have won that title, Denny. I still think it was the right move. I mean, yeah, because my team was loaded, and and I I also I actually got a tweet yesterday that was like, didn't you advocate to trade for one of the elite quarterbacks? Uh, I know, and I'm like, no, that's not at all what that like. If you listen to the podcast, we talked this through. The only reason I did that trade was because I was so loaded everywhere. I feel like um, I feel like our our thing here requires a lot of context, right? Um, it, m- much more context than. Then, like, you know, because, I mean, you hear that sometimes saying, you know, you get to the end of the season, you trade away, you get you get a top quarterback who's going to bring you to the championship. Yeah. But that's not really what we advocate unless you're in your position, you know, and, and, and have this unbelievably ridiculous lineup. Yeah, it was it's so frustrating. And let me just say that my so the the person who got first in my division that got the buy which I would have had. He he beat me by a game, and I had more points scored because I had the most points scored in the league. The person who was ahead of me won a game earlier in the season by point one. So oh. if he would have lost that game, I would have never had to had that first week uh, wild card game, and I would have ended up winning the championship. There are so many things that went wrong for me. It was it is it is literally incredible. Oh, uh, I I have one. Uh, I lost my in my home league, which is now disbanded, by the way, which is bad. <laughs> Um, 
my home league, I lost the semifinal, um, and I had Niall Davis on the bench. Of course I did. I mean, I have Jamal. I had him I had him there. Niall Davis went off against Oakland. Right. And so my my friend, my friend my friend of me, Pat, uh uh texts me the next day and goes goes, uh must hurt to have the winning player on your bench. <laughs> and I, I I mean, I I know I know what he was doing, but I had to come back with with you know i couldn't possibly have started davis <laughs> i had to, you know no one no one's sitting jamal for nile davis when jamal has, is expected to get a full workload he was like i'm just saying you had the points on your bench that's so, like, such a troll oh. job it was such a troll job i mean that oh god that stung I, I i honestly was like fuming for for eight hours after that that's hilarious um all right the next question we'll run through these kind of quick we just hit the hour mark um how does your DFS approach change in week 17? I think we kind of touched on that. I'm playing more tournaments. Right. Yeah, don't don't go all in on like cash games. There's very little very little that's safe this week. Yeah. Uh, this is at VP Vinci. He said, how did you two get started as fantasy football writers and podcasters, and do you have real jobs? <laughs> Why don't well, you – you can go first. Yeah. Um, I got started uh, just because I was – I don't know. I started writing about pieces of, of fantasy advice that I was interested in and that I was more, you know, including, you know, streaming tight ends was a big thing of mine early on. And, uh, and then, you know, people like uh, Chet Gresham at the fake football were nice enough to publish my, my work. And it went kind of went from there. I think if I could have one piece of advice for, um, you know, for people who want to start writing about fantasy, it's <clears throat> you have to a, be deeply interested in what you're writing about because if you're not, it's going to show. Yeah. If if you're not interested, then you can't expect anybody else to be interested. And I, well, I guess this is two 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 pieces of advice. And secondly, uh, don't copycat anyone. Exactly. Just, uh, just do something. Try to answer a question or questions that have not yet been answered. And and I think that's when you'll start getting attention. From from people in the industry and avid fantasy footballers, so uh, go that route, and I, I think that you'll be okay. I remember noticing you first because you and I kind of started around the same time doing it, um, and I remember noticing you because you were live tweeting at that conference in like Philly, was it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, in, in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's when I remember remember <laughs> seeing you for the first time. Yeah, and yeah, then I mean, like uh, about a month month or two after that was when I emailed you and was like, "Hey, let's do a podcast. Would you be interested?" And then now we talk to each other every week on this podcast. It's crazy. Yeah, and uh, I I remember I uh, when when I saw uh, when I saw your book, you know, and, and you were advertising on on Amazon. Uh, I was I was like I was like, Psh, please, late round. Come on, I mean. <laughs> I mean, like, like maybe it'll work, but it's not guaranteed. And then the more I read in your book, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, there's that. Uh, and then by the end of the book, I was like, I'm a disciple. Please, <laughs> please teach me. Yeah, that's that's how I got started with it. I was working at a and I was working at an ad agency out of school, and then one day I was just getting really, really sick of like what I was doing in general, and I just opened up a Word document. I started writing notes on my fantasy football strategy and it slowly morphed into the late round quarterback ended up getting another job at an ad agency but I kind of started doing this on the side and then slowly but surely you know I got uh Evan Silva picked me out and I I was able to do a series on Roto World which really helped 
And then I, I did some work with Mike Clay on Pro Football Focus. And then uh, about three months after I started at Pro Football Focus, I got a full-time gig at Numberfire. And that is, that's, that's my quote-unquote real job. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have a I have a real job. I, I'm an editor for a news publication, um, uh, but uh, it's it is uh, it is remarkable how to think back to like how how we got started. I I just I remember you know having these obsessive thoughts about like and then like needing <laughs> like like needing to get them on paper. You yeah, know? yeah, that's there, exactly that, what it is. There was that there was that need to get it on paper because you know I mean it might be an egotistical thing. And, and I think that that's, that's okay. I know we, we think of, uh, e- uh, egotistical people as, as generally bad people, but to want to share your insights and your thoughts with, with a larger crowd, uh, who, who might be interested in, in that is, uh, is kind of natural. And I think that, uh, anyone who, who really has that drive can, can make it. Yeah. I, I would say too, to the point of like, to your giving advice, I think the number one thing is to differentiate yourself, but not to the point of being a contrarian, just to be a contrarian. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that it, as long as you have a, a true feeling that's different, that's not been heard of before, um, I think it's super important. Uh, a good example uh, is, is Sean Siegel with his zero RB uh, mm-hmm. talk that he did this past year. Um, obviously Sean already had a platform and people knew who he was, but that's a good example of just kind of throwing something out there that is actually backed with data. And there's, there's a theory behind it. Don't just throw things out there and not be able to prove it, uh, in a way that you don't, especially if you're not passionate about it. Um, you can't, you can't just do it. Like I would never have written the late round quarterback if I didn't actually believe in what I'm writing about. Um, so I, you know, that goes back to what you said as well. But I, I just too often we just see people that are like, "Hey, I'm a good fantasy writer because I spend a lot of time and I'm writing all these start sit articles." And and really, I'm sorry, but you're not differentiating yourself from from what else is out there. You, that's exactly right. I mean, there is a place for start sit, I suppose, but uh, you 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 really, if you're going to be noticed and you're and you're going to be someone who makes some somewhat of an impact, then you have to get away from that sort of tra- traditional format and traditional thinking. Uh, I, I think that, uh, that people, uh, if you want to expand on someone's idea, then that's fine. Just give them credit. Right. Uh, I mean, there have been plenty, uh, w- once I started doing the, this tight end streaming stuff for the fake football, like looking at like season long streaming possibilities and breaking down targets and points and routes run and everything, there were other people who wrote articles and then and then cited mine right. on on that and that was great that's great look i i think that i i welcome that so right. if you are going to expand on someone's idea just give them credit and go from there and and you'll be fine right and and don't think that like so much of it is just marketing like it's not that i ever would think that i'm the first person to ever draft a quarterback late it's just right. that that no one wrote about it and you just need to find a market and and go after it and then slowly Show people that you know more than just that. It's not uh, just that one thing, right? A niche, a niche definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Next question is from a bitter Packer fan, Daniel Lindsay, who writes for Number Fire. He said, "Either of you drink coffee? Do you like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts? What do you? Are you a coffee guy?" Uh, yeah, I, I drink uh, two cups of coffee in the morning, or else I am um, a zombie. Uh, basically, yeah, me too. I like Starbucks too. Uh, I I want uh, give me Dunkin' Donuts over all over those. Wow, I don't like you anymore. What? Come on. 
It's all about it's Starbucks. Not, Starbucks is too. Not, I I don't I don't know how this makes me sound, but uh, one cup of Starbucks uh, basically like puts me on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Like Very I true. I don't I don't need like like five pounds of caffeine. I want my, I I need it and I want it. <laughs> uh, this next question is from your wife. She said, my least favorite word is panty. What is your least favorite word? <laughs> she truly does hate the word panty. Don't ever say panty or panties in front of her. Although if you did, I think I just had to punch you in the face. It's funny. Anyway. Amanda, she hates the word chuckle. Chuckle, yeah? Yeah, I can't say chuckle or else I'll get slapped. Oh, God. Uh, I I think, okay, and this has, needs some context. My least favorite word, at least at the moment, is silky. And it's only a reference to things that you can consume, like like this coffee has a silky taste or whatever else. I don't even know what I just I heard that the other day, and the more I thought about that silky taste, whatever that is, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I wanted to vomit. I mean, I actually I had to stop thinking about it because I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna actually vom here. That's hilarious. I don't know so, if I don't know if I have a word. Silky is it, man? Silky's a good one though. Sophie's a very good one. Um, all right, we'll go with two more questions. Uh, this one's from our buddy Matt Riddle at FF Riddle. He said, "What's the biggest thing you degaff about the people about?" Uh, let me let me start over because I'm I'm doing a very poor job right now. He said, "What's the biggest thing you degaff about that people might expect you to?" Hmm. That's that's a pretty good one, and it's tough. Um, Star Wars. <laughs> do, do people expect that? Uh, no, not anymore because I'm very vocal about it. I don't uh, know. I I don't I don't really I don't have that much of a degaff attitude in general. What do people? So what do people think I care? I, is that is that the question? Yeah, like, basically, what do people think that you care about, but you actually don't? Um, I mean, maybe with all the parodies, like yeah, but like, you don't. People, yeah. I mean, maybe people think that I care a lot about. Being being like a Twitter personality, but I really I I'm fine with it. But I like I don't stay up at night thinking, you know. Oh oh, I would say my brand. I, yeah. I think that, that someone actually said that the other day. I don't even know if they were joking, but it was like this is good for your brand. Right. I, maybe they were joking, but right. no, I don't. I do not care. I don't think about my brand at all. I think about my hair much more than I think about. My <laughs> I would say that mine is probably my fandom. I think people take that to the extreme sometimes. Like I can't handle myself when the Steelers lose. Um, um, Right, and that's just really I'm 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 over that stage. I I used to be that in my when I was 18, but you know I'm I'm far past that that stage, and I need to be objective for my job. So it really, I mean, yeah, it sucks when the Steelers lose, and I want them to win, but it's not the end of the world. Like a lot of fans take it, and it's just it's yeah. not it doesn't it doesn't mean nearly as much to me. Like when they win, it means so much to me, but when they lose, I'm I'm very good at at handling that, and I think that people probably would think that I would care a lot more. I think you are too. In fact, uh, there I, there are a lot of times when I when I can't tell. I mean, I know if the Steelers won or lost, but uh, in the way that that you write about things or on the podcast you talk about things, uh, it really it doesn't make a difference at all. And that that's I know that sounds maybe obvious, but that's not so obvious because there are a lot of people right. in the fantasy world who you know whose whose weeks are clearly ruined by their team losing. Right. Exactly. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the last question, who's coaching your all DGAF team? Oh, uh, Jerry Glanville. Nice. Right? Nice. That's good. 
Yeah, Jerry Glanville. <laughs> that's, such a, that's such an out of left field uh, guy for you. I, I know, right? Uh, but uh, so so Glanville, but he has experience with one of the ultimate D gaffers of all time, Jeff George. Yeah. Who was who was Cutler before Cutler? Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, Tressman's kind of up there now. Oh, I think he cares way, way too much about like being about like. I don't Glanville's, know. Glanville's a really good one. Yeah, I don't know if we can get better than Glanville at the moment without like thinking. Wait, what wasn't there? Oh God, I'm just trying to think about coaches whose team like scored a lot of points, but they could never win. Uh, you mean like you mean like Mark Tressman? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I always think about the Oilers in the '90s. Like yeah. they would score 40 points and always lose. Right. Yeah. All right, well that that's it, Denny. That is that wow. is 2014. You know, we're almost exactly two years from our very first episode. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because we did the like a week 16 one championship week one, and then we took a break just to kind of introduce the podcast two years ago, and now here we are, two years later, talking that's about cool. degaffing and 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 still streaming and talking about a lot of corn. Corn is a big thing now. Corn is, I mean, that's like top three or four things mentioned on the podcast now. <laughs> I know it's insane. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, I, I, I think you know we we plan on having a few off season episodes. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, maybe in, starting in like March or April. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have some. We'll throw some in there and and just because we need yeah. to. And and we'll have a lot of review stuff. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to there's a lot to sift through as far as you know what worked and what didn't work right. uh, for for streaming purposes in 2014. Yeah, and we'll obviously, maybe next year we'll have a uh, why Rob Gronkowski is overrated podcast. Oh, boy. Rest in peace are mentioned. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening this year. It's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. I want to thank you, Denny, for doing this with me and going on this insane adventure. It's always a good time. Uh, And I just want to say thank you and Merry Christmas to everyone. Yes, Merry Christmas. Have a have a good uh New Year and we'll see you uh on the Twitters. Uh, in in twenty fifteen. Amazing. Yes. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Uh good luck if you're playing in week seventeen and Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. See football info. Check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share.